0: And hello, and welcome once again, everybody, to IGN's PlayStation Show. I'm your host, Max Scoville, and I'm joined by Jada Griffin. Hello, Josh. Do hat certainly and Akeem Lewanson.
1: Hey, what's going on, Max? What's going on? Beyond, beyond. There we go. Beyond. Yeah, beyond.
0: Did I say hello instead of beyond? What's wrong with me? You said both. Did I say both? Okay, I don't. There's. there's you do these things that are like muscle memory for for words. I don't know, like, I guess this is regular memory. It's not really any muscle to it. Anyway, uh, before we get started, just a quick reminder, you can go sign up for IGN rewards. It is free to sign up. You get access to special offers, discounts, and giveaways with an IGN account. And if you want to upgrade your IGN to IGN plus, you can get monthly games, ad free browsing and a whole bunch more. Plus you will be uh, free of the mummy's curse once and for all. And you can finally witness a sunrise once again. I added that last part. Anyway, uh, how's everybody doing? I'm exhausted. That's a, That's a fair answer. Uh, So I think one reason you might be exhausted is in addition to moving in the physical uh, carrying boxes sense, you've also been moving throughout the world of Forspoken. You've been leaping and bounding and parkouring and magic braceleting all the way across that brand new um, Luminous Square Enix action RPG. Uh, Now, Akeem has also been moving throughout this world um, and you two have some kind of differing feelings on this game. This has been sort of a divisive game. We've seen a lot of people talking about it online. And it is, uh, yeah, it's divisive. Uh, IGN's Tom Marks gave it, what, a six out of 10? Yeah.
1: Gave it mm-hmm. a solid, solid six. Which uh, well- mean? it means okay. Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's an adequate game, is, uh, and I it agree is with that.
0: Exactly one game. That is, that is yeah, so. <laughs> it is a uh, game. Yeah, so let's, I guess, let's get into this. Jada, you, you suck a ton of time into the demo for Spoken. Uh, you seem to really enjoy that and it seems like you're really enjoying the game itself. Let's uh, tell us a little bit about it.
2: Yeah, I
3: mean it's uh, it's definitely not going to be for everybody. It's, you know, and that's something that, you know, I think that's part of the discourse we're seeing online now, right now, as people are starting to get their hands on with it. Um, But for those out there that are completionists, those who like an open sprawling world with a fun combat system, um, and an excellent traversal, I think people are really good, Those People who like those types of games are really going to be digging for spoken. Um, Yes, the dialogue is at times cringy, um, as we've seen from their uh, marketing materials, but it has some good moments, too. Um, it's just there's too much back and forth before, between the two that it's, you can't really say it's all bad or all good. Like there's no, It's not an outlier. It's just like it's 50-50 what, line, what the line is going to be as you progress through the game.
1: Yeah, you're talking about the dialogue between Frey and Cuff, of course. Um,
3: I'm talking about the dialogue pretty much between anybody in the game for the. Anybody, most part. okay, yeah. all right. Um, I mean, yeah, like I, mean, I don't know, Akim, have you have you danced with Pilo yet?
1: No, not yet. Why are you spoiling it for me and the audience? What are you doing? I didn't know I could dance with Pilo. What are you doing, Jada? <laughs> it's
3: it's you're, you're it's you're not a story. This. It's not a story beat. It's just a thing you do. You can do.
1: You're you're ruining this game I, I care so deeply about uh no um so I mean the thing is I just I honestly I just want to start off by saying that uh you know Luminous uh, Productions and Square Enix I think they 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 made a great game for people to play gamers will will sink time into this um so I commend that team uh but but honestly for me and I, I think I, I talked to you Jada and Max about this before like I am I love I love I'm a very narrative driven person so I love playing games like that so I mean if we start with the story with this one it's there's there's honestly for me there's absolutely nothing about the particular story that's compelling to me and 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 the dialogue uh, contributes to that uh, it's just it's like obviously you know it's like we talked about this j-log it's it's an isekai it's pretty much yep. you're, you're playing an isekai this is you know we got a fish out of water so you know we got someone from the real world transported into this fictional fantasy world uh, and you know they still obviously they're gonna ha- obviously they're gonna have the mannerisms of of someone that's living in the modern day, uh, but the the dialogue the, the acting the voice acting is great. Yes, the, I agree. It's, it's the writing that so I mean like it's it's that's the thing like actors like you're beholden to what's in that particular script that you have to go by. So I'm not gonna I'm definitely not gonna blame any of the actors. Uh, shout out to Deborah Wilson, um, you mm-hmm. know the comedian actor. Uh, she's she's uh, in this particular game as well. She's in. For uh so and i love anything that she does but you know overall uh, i just the, the story wasn't doing it for me it's, you know
4: I, yeah were you intrigued by the premise at all
1: I, I mean again like you know i've i've seen i've seen isekai's and mm. that's that's all this was it was like musoku tensei you know it was like you know mm-hmm. like any anime that i've ever seen uh that has this type of premise so honestly, to tell you the truth, I wasn't I was like, okay, it's a, it's a it's an isekai that I get to play. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll check it out.
3: To be fair though, like there's not many games that do the isekai formula. They yeah, like we're more say. we're more likely to get like a amnesia storyline yeah. versus an isekai. And so like I for one, I'm excited I like the idea and the premise of this because we don't generally get isekais in games. I think the last isekai type game i can remember i played was star ocean 3 till the end of time and that one was barely an isekai because you know spoilers for this like 20 year old game but basically you go through this whole life and then you wake up from this simulation realizing that you were in a game the whole time so it's like it is an isekai, but it's not an isekai like it's it's more like uh what uncle from another world it's kind of more like that kind of style um well, but yeah. You, I, so,
0: so just to just to back this up, Isekai, like if, if people have, it's like the Alice in Wonderland formula. Somebody who gets yeah, exactly. transplanted to a different magical world. Yeah, it's it seems like it seems like something that video games would have done a a whole lot, and I'm I'm sure they have. But I guess now that you just kind of stop and think about it, it's not it's not quite as played out as as you th- might think.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely not as common in anime. Advice.
0: Yeah,
4: I think I think this all the criticisms of the writing of this game too maybe are like evidence of how hard it is to put that into a game like as an anime I think maybe the tone of it could work a lot better but like hearing how the writing or like the way the main character speaks maybe is it does it feel like it clashes too much with the world that she's in
3: I mean, it's, I think it's deliberately meant to clash, but I think it's, it's not really a knock on that. It's more of just some of the, the words they chose to express certain things as you progress, I think is more of the issue. It's more of the, yeah. yeah. That would be my uh, guess that most people are getting the hang up, hung up on.
1: That, that's essentially it, um, it's, it's, and, and, and part of it too, I feel like we don't spend enough time uh, with Frey in, in the real world to even know much about the character, you know, we see like it starts off with her, I believe she was she in was, court. Yeah, she was in court and the and the judge was like, Hey, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you slide this time and uh, go home. Which
3: which <laughs> let's be real, Akeem, this is that was probably the most fantasy element of this game. <laughs> <is> that, <laughs> that a black woman with two strikes gets leniency and gets to just kinda get <laughs> let gets you know, was gonna be, you know, community service for you. You got two <laughs> strikes, but community serves. that's the most fantasy element of this game so it got that right for fantasy at least yeah
1: yeah and yeah so yeah that, that's the thing so we didn't even we didn't spend enough time with her to even know what she she did and and like to, to just I wanted I wanted to, if they had grounded the the main character a little bit more it would have made sense uh as soon as she's transported into this world like I, we don't know much about Prey like going in you know before she's transported Please
3: yeah there's yeah no i agree there's there's a little bit of stuff that you find if you've like grabbed like the little collectibles like you know that she's an orphan you learn what yeah. where she was found and what where she got her name from um you learned i I believe i could be wrong but i believe her crimes previously were like they're like uh uh grand theft or something like that i think there was like a lot of i think there were like robbery type
1: ch- charges and stuff like that it wasn't anything violent but i can't okay remember off the top i'm end. not talking so, yeah. about i'm not talking about learning about her rap sheet jada <laughs> and i said i want to learn more about the character i don't mean like the crimes she committed previously <laughs> i mean there there should have been more to just like kind of ground her as as a character before transporting her into this this fictionalized world um but i i don't want to i don't want to you know get too bent out of shape over, yeah. over over the narrative because like for, for me like i'm comparing it to you know games like god of war you know the last of us which like they they had these characters the, the writing uh, made you care and, and the acting as well the voice acting made you care about these characters even more so when when you did lose a character in the game uh it it, it was a visceral feeling uh, i mean yeah. that, that happens in this game and i'm like okay well that that sucks for that person you, you're dead you know it's <laughs> I, it's not it's not the same feeling um for me uh but you know we, we can we can move past that uh yeah. the, the combat the combat system uh, you know i, I kind of want to talk about that, but but jade i 'm gonna let you go first because I know you again like you're like like you've said you know you're a bit of a completionist, so I know you've probably maxed out everything uh so I'd love to know what what you think about the uh the combat system
3: um i mean i think it's i think combat system combat system is great like there's so you have four different elements of magic that you'll you'll get as you progress you're, you start with earth then you go fire, I believe the third <laughs> one was water. Um, and then I can't remember what the fourth one is right now off the top of my head, but uh, you get those four elements, you can mix and match the, uh, you know, each one has their own dedicated spell wheel um, with uh, eight magics on one uh, thumbstick, and then the other, and then three other more attack-focused magics that are on another, Um, I'm sorry, not thumbsticks, uh, bumpers, R1 and R1. Um, And so you basically can rotate between these, casting different spells, you can chain different spells together, certain all the enemies have different elemental weaknesses to exploit some of them are more resistant um, to uh, say like knockbacks or knockdowns than others so figuring out which knockback move is effective against this enemy versus not which isn't effective against a different enemy like you can't dash into a bear generally and knock him down but you can put a little mine on the ground and that will like stagger the bear and potentially knock him over so you can go in for like a, a killer blow um on him so it's like it's about figuring out those t- different types of dynamics within the combat is what really intrigued me um each spell also can be upgraded and it they each give you like a challenge so it's like uh you know bind 10 enemies and attack them from behind to upgrade the spell and it'll increase the, the root duration that the enemies are binded for and they have all types of different things like that um for the different spells um but yeah, I really I dig it. The you know the dodge mechanic is simplistic with the parkour, um, but it does have a little bit of nuance to it with certain, you know, unblockable attacks where you just kind of have to get get the hell out of dodge. Um mm-hmm. you know. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Pun. Yeah, you know, love I love my puns. Um in, in order to actually dodge the attacks. So it's um there's there's more to it. And I think the big thing is gonna be is I think a lot of people who fall in love with this game and want to explore more into it are going to get the most out of that combat system. They're going to find those intricacies. If, but anybody who's kind of coming in at a, like, uh, you know, starting, in, starting into it, you're going to probably be very lost. It's very complex. Yes. It's very complex. Yes. They throw a lot at you right off the bat. Um, I think when I, so I started, I think once I got the second element, the fire element, the time it took for me to, like, master swapping between earth and fire, just to like combo different things and make sure I'm selecting the right spell at the right time, it probably took me about an hour or two minimum of just like going around in simple combat to just like master like the switching between the elements. And then you add the third element and it just gets more complex. So it just constantly gets more and more like exponentially complex as you add more elements. So like, I think we're gonna see some really cool videos later, but yeah
1: yeah it's it's one I, of those things like uh in the beginning cause this is actually the first game that i've played i don't even recall the last game that i played that that made me feel this way, but this was the first game that i've i've played in a long time, if ever, where i wasn't i wasn't too keen on the combat system right off the bat it was just, like the combat system like you have to you have to invest time in this game because when you first start out it's it's you know you have you you have this ranged uh a magical attack um but as you progress in the game and and like jada was saying you know you learn these other elements you can you 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 can start to do other other uh types of uh attacks um and once you get your melee weapon that's when at least for me it kind of just it livened up Mm -hmm. um but like in the beginning i was like what what is this Are we're just going to be shooting beams from our hands the entire time i was like what is going on this is you know this is not this is not combat this is just i'm a wizard i'm just a wizard (laughs) shooting magical beams." (laughs) a what a
0: wizard. A, yeah. wizard. I'm a, I'm a wizard.
1: I'm a wizard. I'm a wizard. Don't make don't make fun of the way I say wizard. How dare you? Josh? <laughs> All right.
0: I I respect the hell out of this game for trying so much stuff, but I think that's also kind of working against it. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it sucks because we're at this point where it's like it's so expensive and it's so ambitious to try to start anything new in a gaming space. Like to make a triple A open world game that is a new IP that is trying new things is such just such a crapshoot. And you know, it's a, it's a bummer to see this one not stick the landing, you know, it just, it, but again, it sort of, it, I, I I wanted to, I wanted to like it, but I just immediately didn't, like, I, I, none of the early stuff it was presenting really hooked me, and I, like, played the demo, and I was like, this is just throwing too much stuff at me, and again, it's like, that people aren't going to figure out new ways to make games without making those games, you know, there's a certain amount of experimentation that has to happen, and it's kind of cool to see a Japanese studio trying this so much stuff because for you know for 25 years jrpg meant turn-based party system you know like there was Mm -hmm. there was a long stretch there where there was a pretty much it was a known quantity and it's kind of wild to see square enix breaking out of that mold and being like okay um we need to resonate with a new younger audience so that means you know real-time combat that means full-on open world you know parkour traversal which is you know again it's it's clearly you know cribbing popular mechanics and ideas from from a lot of western games but Yeah, I don't know. It's I was thinking about sort of what happens if this doesn't, you know, doesn't pull it off. Like, what happens if this just flops? And I don't know, like, is this going to be like another, you know, another The Order 1886, where it's this thing that tries a whole lot and really just, I mean, that was a game that probably didn't try enough interesting stuff, but it was sure as hell ambitious. And it's just kind of yeah
3: i think it's on the opposite um i think it's more going to be it may fall into the lines of square enix with their western properties where they had like guardians of the galaxy was not a success for us marvel's avengers was not a success for us like i think it might end up falling into that um kind of like
0: yeah i mean those were both western studios that they have since unloaded yeah and uh yeah it's uh, avengers we'll talk we can talk about that in a little bit <laughs> but yeah i mean there's there's that there's that what is it like a a camel is a horse designed by committee you know i I just Mm -hmm. i think of that like that the 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 homer the car the the car designed by homer or whatever that's where it's just got like every possible bell and whistle you could possibly want and it just doesn't make any sense like you make this thing that's just Mm -hmm. trying to appeal to everybody and in the process it it appeals to nobody and this is it's you know this has so much yeah this has so much stuff going on in it and it's i feel like you could take you know you could take a more tried and true approach to storytelling and a. You know really interesting mechanic mechanical system that would have people would have been like well, the story kind of sucks, but the uh you know at least the you know the, the mechanics are really novel and exciting, or you could take a uh, familiar familiar you know mechanics and tell a really really compelling story. And people would be like well, you know I feel like I've played the game before, but the story's all new, and this seems like it's kind of doing a little bit of both and spreading itself kind of thin in the process, yeah.
3: I think the the last thing I'll kind of say that really appealed for me, and I think will appeal to like the hard, appeal to the hardcore audience, is you know when you play it on if you play it on the hard difficulty, which I, what I'm playing it on currently, um, it is a lot challenging, a lot more challenging than that normal difficulty. I think the spike is a lot higher than it we see in most games, and then also um, it makes each upgrade more valuable, more worthwhile. Whereas some of them just aren't you don't really need a normal a normal playthrough. Um you can also go into the accessibility options and crank the difficulty even further by increasing the damage you take to significantly increased. Um so basically, you know, any like regular little zombie guy currently will uh completely break my defense with one hit. Like it's just ridiculous. So like I have to basically be perfect with my parkour and dodging and I like that element in my gameplay. I like being pushed to the brink on in every single fight. But if you're not playing on the harder difficulties, you're Probably not going to, Um, and then also when you play on the harder difficulties, it removes the slowdown when you're swapping between spells, which makes it even more complex, which means you have to even be even more masterful with it. So there's a lot of stuff with that. Uh, One tip I will give to everybody out there who is picking it up today, go into the accessibility option right off the bat and turn on auto pickup. Um, That way, anytime you run across plants and things you need to pick up, it'll just pick them up automatically for
0: you. You don't have to mash a button i don't Some know people why like that's not out def- a button and seeing the little circle go around it makes you know you put it in your pocket
3: yeah i don't know why that's not just the default in games nowadays like just auto pick stuff up for me i don't need to press a button to was that
4: was that an option in horizon forbidden west
3: uh i believe so as well yes i believe it was an option i oh had to turn God. on i could have i could have done
4: that the whole time oh, i'm so pissed didn't they have to patch that oh, in? i'm
3: pissed it might have got patched in. okay i could okay. be wrong it's been a minute since i've touched forbidden west ah. so I know they,
1: they had to patch in her not talking about it they every time she picks something up yeah I, mm-hmm. I got one final thing i want to say about this i don't want us to move on before i say this to our listening and viewing audience um as far as this being because i want i want to be honest to our audience uh how i feel and I, I treat i want to treat our audience like they're my friend personal friend um, as far as this game being a day one i i would say no the only reason i have it is because of course i'm working in games media uh but if i were just a regular consumer i would personally wait knowing the information that i know now i would personally wait till it's like either free or available at, you know on a disc at a discount or something maybe available on ps plus uh Again, like if you're if you're someone who's looking for you know a compelling story, uh, great combat right off the bat that uh, you don't have to work too hard to get, this is not it. Um, so uh, go in go in with that knowledge, uh, and and of course you've seen everyone's seen the reviews. You've seen our review here at IGN. Um, definitely uh, take that into consideration in any other reviews that you may see uh, before you just you throw down what 60, 70 some odd dollars for, for this game. I don't want you to be disappointed like I was when I paid for uh, 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 Saints Row. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just no. any chance to knock Saints Row, Akeem. I love well, it. No, no, I didn't mean to. I was, like, looking <laughs> forward to that. I paid. I was like, I don't got time to wait for some free code that's coming out of the nowhere. So I paid for it. And I was like, what is this? No, money. I care about money. And I lost it. So, I mean, I, yeah. I'm, again, I'm thinking like the consumer. Like, I would want to do my due diligence before I just go out and purchase a game. Like, I, I bought that particular game just because I was like, you know, hey, Saints Row, oh, look at that monstrosity on the screen right there. Uh, but I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm such a, a, a fan of, of the franchise that I'm just going to say, you know what? And I read the reviews. I, I read each and every review. I saw tons of reviews of this game, and they were all negative. I'm like, you know what? It can't be that bad. Why are people just, <laughs> people just love to jump on that bandwagon. And, and yeah, it was, it was true. It was just as bad as everyone painted it out to be. Uh, so again, just take, take that into consideration. Take this into consideration, all the reviews that you've heard. Of course you can listen to Jada, uh, but Jada is a completionist. Uh, if you feel like I like to complete everything, then yes. <laughs>
0: I will say I mean, this about Jada: Jada, you're really you are an incredibly positive person, and I'm deeply envious of you for that. Yeah. Uh, I think you're you're very good at, at at finding the good in things, you know. And I mean, I you you moderate a lot of a lot of internet comments. Yeah, and I you. I that I think that <laughs> requires a certain certain high, uh, you know, high tolerance for that. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, I've 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 often called myself the eternal
3: optimist, um, because it's the only way I can stay alive. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, you know, I agree with Akeem, um, you know, if this, if Forspoken doesn't look like your cup of tea, if it wasn't, if you didn't really enjoy the demo, or the mechanics in the demo, at least, uh, maybe wait on it, um, but if you do like the open worlds, you do like the idea of a bunch of different magic spells and complexity in your combat, um, and being able to push, uh, you know, the difficulty and challenge up, up to like the, the far limits and collect stuff, like it might be worth it for you. So, you know, watch some videos, watch some, there's gonna be people streaming it starting today, I'm sure. So, you know, kind of go in and just with an informed opinion and if you like it, take a gamble.
0: Yeah, well, I've, I've said this a lot, but like modern games are in a lot of ways akin to travel, you know, they're expensive and they're time consuming and you're, you're going to some far off place. But at the end of the day, if you don't actually wanna be in that place, then it's a waste of time and money you know and if the world of forespoken doesn't immediately seem appealing to you then like don't don't buy the ticket don't take the ride but you know that said like six out of ten isn't isn't bad it's okay yeah mm-hmm. you know and that's that's one person's opinion that's what a review is friendly reminder but um
1: yep.
3: it, yeah I don't, I, think, heard, I don't know i don't probably think i'll say fell somewhere between like a seven and an eight for me probably would have been right around that range for me
1: final thing yeah. i'll say about the the open world like it's it's def, it's a great open world like it's i i love if you're looking for like an open world that kind of reminds you of Tennessee in the summer where you can see all the refrigerators, Forspoken is the game.
3: <laughs> I, I cannot confirm seeing any refrigerators in What Forspoken.
4: does that mean?
1: <laughs> are there
4: refrigerators in this magical world? By no, Forspoken.
1: Nice. By Forspoken. You'll find out what I mean. Hold on. No, no. What? No, I don't want to pay I... <laughs> to find out what you mean. Just tell <laughs> what me that? what you mean no no it's a mystery it's a mystery i want you oh, to solve refriger- this mystery do, are there just like a lot of refrigerators laying around oh, in tennessee what? how about this how about we book a ticket to tennessee in the summertime in july and then we'll find out exactly what i mean i don't okay, want do to do that either do yeah, now i
4: don't know which one's worse should <laughs> i pay for First spoken now or should i pay for a trip to tennessee in the summer to look at refrigerators
0: on the street <laughs> is that what what's the payoff here you'll find out we're, we're gonna get like no two, two or three people in the comments who are like spot on Akeem. it's exactly what and we're gonna be like i still don't understand why there's refrigerators in tennessee i don't i don't get it That's... in the summertime
1: <laughs> only in the summer all right
0: okay i
1: sure okay it
0: seems like a safety hazard but fine uh i don't even know how to segue <laughs> from that but uh yeah i wanted so i i took home the the dual sense edge we did an unboxing um IGN is a full review up we give it a nine out of ten, which is which is awesome. Um, clearly, the, uh, you know, Jada, you were in the right to pre-order two of them. You ordered two of those, right? No, I just got the one. Okay, what did you order Maybe. two of? I don't know, PSVR twos. I don't know. <laughs> what are you gonna do? You got two heads now. Good lord. Anyway, um, yeah, it's you know, you you. I think you've probably gotten more mileage out of it than I have. Like I played around a little bit. Um, the stupid problem I ran into is, um, I. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna check this out." And I, you know, turn on my PS5 and I looked at what I had installed, and it was like, not really a lot of stuff that would be good to to test a controller with. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, what would be good?" And it's like, "Oh, well, uh, I don't know, GTA, like Call of Duty, like something twitchy and shooty." And I was like, "This that's gonna take a freaking hour to download." So I just, I don't know, I screwed around in Last of Us a little bit. <laughs> and I, I feel like a I feel like a a, a simpleton and a buffoon. And honestly, this is you know, this is clearly not made specifically. For me this is made for people who are uh good at games because they play them a lot very well and i'm i'm terrible at games and I'm, I'm these days i've been having a hard time even making time to play them and it's you know someone's mad at me for even saying that but uh i mean it's a gorgeous it's a gorgeous piece of machinery i get to do the unboxing and poke around with it and there's a bunch of like really lovely i think mechanical features and the second you plug it in this is something i think is really neat is that it just like pops up and it's like oh hey that's a that's a brand new uh, PlayStation DualSense Edge controller, which I don't know. I feel like I've, I've screwed around with hardware where you kind of have to do a little bit of legwork yourself on that front where it doesn't, you know? And it's like, if it's a Sony controller and a Sony device that you plug it into, it should absolutely be like, oh, hello, you bought a new thing right there. I mean, like the last time I had that kind of, that sensation was I think like connecting AirPods and being like, oh, you, y- yes, that's right. The company that makes this machine also makes this machine and they work well together. And it's kind of cool to see, like how much it just feels like properly integrated like it doesn't just feel plugged into the the PS5 it feels like there is actually you know like the software kind of covers its bases in that front too so it's it's cool to see that but um yeah I was hoping to have like a better better takeaway better better feedback and it's you know it feels good to play with it feels nice but it also feels like I went uh wine tasting and I was like yep the wine was good don't i don't i did not tell the difference between it it is there is some subtle differences you can obviously like clearly like mess around with the input stuff and the, um you know you can adjust the stick dead zones you can remap everything you can fiddle around with the um edge custom bindings and all that which is Mm -hmm. which is rad but it's again it's going to be yeah it's like a pair of shoes you got to break it in you got to find exactly what feels right and um
1: yeah so i didn't you didn't go overboard with like remapping buttons and everything
0: no i didn't i, I should have done that but i, I just I, I just didn't so I, I didn't do my homework i did some other homework we'll get to in a second but um yeah i don't know it's 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 cool to see like there's a lot of stuff again you we've we put it through its paces smarter better people than me were better at their jobs um did their did their homework and uh you know this you can go check out the full review and all that i took it out of the box and i wore gloves um <laughs> so i look like a murderer when i'm doing it I, it's actually because i forgot to cut my fingernails so i'm really i'm really just, really just swinging a lot of misses these days really just anyway let's change the subject good god uh so last week we asked you uh about playstation vr we were like what are you gonna get one we said are you gonna you already pre-order one you plan to buy one eventually uh did you say not unless something changes like price drop etc or did somebody are you just not gonna buy it whatsoever uh do we have poll results there jada Ooh, i can pull those up real quick
3: uh you want to talk about the games i know we just got some new games
0: yeah so we it. we did this thing i think last was that just last week it feels like a million years it was ago.
3: like yeah when it was like, last week is literally like the day after we did our big 15 20 yeah. minute conversation it. sony's like hey there's 12 more 13 more games coming
0: yeah they were like here's the list of 30 plus games that are coming out within the launch window and i love that we i just like full-on time stamp the episode be like i know that they're gonna come out and say something probably right after this that makes this entire discussion irrelevant uh and also i don't know like i've people I saw people mad at us that, like, yeah, that there's no we're not getting invited to Sony events because we aren't positive on the on the PlayStation VR heads. And it's like, I,
3: I don't, I don't want to. We are cautiously what? optimistic about it. Like that is literally what we our conversation was about. Um, yeah. I do have those I do have those poll results. So uh, number one, um, so to the, all the commenters, uh 43% of the votes. I am not interested in owning this expensive hat. So 43% of the people who voted aren't interested in psvr 2 uh 29.5 percent not unless something changes uh price drop more games pc support etc uh 17.1 percent for planning to buy one eventually and then 10.3 percent already pre-ordered um i think that's kind of what's impressive yeah i think that's kind of what we were already kind of we've been alluding to is like it's a smaller portion of the audience it's going to have a smaller attach rate than most peripherals or accessories that come for a console um, but ten percent is still a pretty solid from uh, you know mm-hmm. our. That's IG I audience. mean that's
0: that's of our entire IGN audience, not just not just Beyond listeners, and you know yeah. this is anybody who's coming across the site. So I'm I'm kind of impressed by by ten. That that seems you know positively high. So that's cool. I mean, and again, you know I I want this to succeed so that it yeah. gets more support and continues to you know get treated with care, and so you can cover your entire living room with weird blue pixelated stuff or whatever's going on in the video right now. <laughs>
1: yeah I mean it, um, it looks it looks really cool I really want one but I mean honestly the only thing that's like stopping me from from pre-ordering this is it's too it's too costly it's just too much money I just I like honestly that's the only reason why like I I have I have the quest I have the quest one and two uh, over here I, I I'm in the VR you know it's just that I I, I don't I just don't want to pay that price uh, when, Maybe if you listen to
4: the Saints Row reviews, uh, you'd have more money to buy them.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is true. I did buy like 16 <laughs> copies. So yeah, but, man, shame on you. Yeah, the 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 other the other 15 are in refrigerators in Tennessee. But no, uh, I I I do actually appreciate this, this technology. I just yeah, I, honestly, it's just the cost for me. Um, and, and again, there's no there's no game that's been announced just yet that I'm like, all right, I. Screw it! I'm gonna just spend my entire next Mm -hmm. paycheck and get this and and all the games that are coming out on it. So,
0: I mean, even aside from cost, it's you know, there's you just weigh like realistically how much you're gonna use this Mm -hmm. and yeah, it VR is like it is from the get go very gimmicky. It it doesn't mean it can't be more than a gimmick, but it is like it is a very exciting high tech thing, and I think there's a certain amount of almost like novelty slash vanity of like you want to feel like you're. Part of the future. You want something high tech. You want to be like, yeah, this is high tech. And like sometimes I feel like sometimes things like that I will steer clear of because I'm like, that's stupid. I don't need that. And then I'll wind up getting whatever the high tech thing is and I'll be like, this is amazing. I'm stupid for putting up a fight about this. And like, um yeah, I don't know. I got like a, a robot vacuum for for Christmas. And it is like I'm i I'm so boring. I'm such a boring old man. I'm a terrible boring Isn't old called ch- a rumba or something? I didn't get a Roomba.
1: I don't, I don't, I
0: didn't, I didn't, I got like the other one because I, I think Amazon bought Roomba and oh,
1: I don't the, know, the Jeff, Jeff Bezos.
0: Ge- yeah, 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 it's like a, a Rubo or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> I don't know. It's like it, it like scuttles around and like it picks up my, the, all the detritus on my floor. There's all my, all my dead skin cells and, you know, like, <laughs> it's going to build a new one of you. Apparently, I don't have enough nail clippings, which I got to wear gloves in on a boxing video. But yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, it's this thing that i thought was stupid and futuristic and gimmicky and then i got it i was like oh this is actually super cool it's great it does its job it does exactly what it's supposed to it sucks um literally but i mean with vr the first time like the first time i got to demo like the oculus a million years ago it was the it was in like a sweaty little back room with palmer lucky wearing his sandals and like it was the the one that was literally uh ski goggles and, and gaffer tape held together and like You know, I I tried I tried VR when I was in third grade at like a a web cafe in the '90s. You know, it was like it was this cool thing, and I wanted it to be great, and it was like kind of kind of underwhelming. But you looked cool doing it. You looked like you know a holographic sticker or like something you'd see on a trapper keeper. It was very. It was like this is what the future looks like, and it didn't really work. And then fast forward, you know, fifteen years or whatever, and it, it was like the fact that VR actually worked, that people finally got it to work. There was this kind of punch in the face novelty to it. It was just like. And it was also the kind of thing that you really have to experience for yourself. Like you have to, mm-hmm. you have to like put it on your head and try it out. And there's that sort of initial thrill. And like once I've kind of accepted that, like I'm I'm well aware of the fact that yes, PlayStation VR is going to be impressive. It is. There's no way it's going to be like a step backwards from PSVR one or yep. you know o- Oculus Quest one. It's it, but it's in terms of like. How much am I going to actually use it? Like, how much of it is that that thrill of being like, "Yes, VR has arrived"? Like, I've already had that thrill a few times. Like, I've had, yeah. you know, I had a, a PSVR one, I have Oculus Quest, and it's like the, you know, having that like, it's going to have to do a pretty pretty major leap forward to me to be like, okay, it's finally arrived. Um, so I don't know. Like, maybe people have made their peace with that and accepted that you you know you you know what PSVR is, what what it entails, and if this is a step forward, then cool, they're on board. And apparently, ten percent of people are. Feeling that way of our of the people who answered our polls. So good on you. Anyway. Yeah.
4: I'm one of those 43% that doesn't care at all and would not buy this expensive hat. Uh just because yeah, I I think to your point, like once you've tried it, you've like you got to know it already. And it you feel like you're at the forefront of the frontier, essentially. And like nothing that I've seen so far in VR has like gotten me over the, to the point where I'm like, oh, this is like, really cool. I really need to get back into this. All of it's like small little changes. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a little better than the last time. It's a little better. But like, for me personally, until like VR headsets are almost weightless to me, I think like, I don't, I don't know if I will ever really care about it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's I mean, so- even even then it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to make a joke. I was going to say, it's so funny, Josh says he wouldn't He wouldn't uh, pay for such an expensive hat when he's wearing a hat that says hat on it, which I'm pretty sure on StockX, that goes for like $300.
4: Yeah, you know, I pay a lot to know what my items are.
0: <laughs> I feel like if you have a hat that says hat on it, that you maybe don't have a lot of money for hats. I don't You know. The hat has to advertise itself. It's just self-promoting it's true yeah there's no no room in the budget if
4: maybe if the psvr just said psvr on it in big letters uh expensive you can make it you can can put it you can write that on the front no i'm not i'm not i didn't i didn't put the word i could have just you know put that sticker on this hat but no i gotta i want to pay for it
0: to be (laughs) already there anyway uh they announced, like, 30 PSVR games, and I will read them to you very quickly. There's After the Fall, Altair Breaker, Before Your Eyes, Cities VR, that's the sort of SimCity-like, uh, Cosmonius High, Creed Rise to Glory, Championship Edition, The Dark Pictures, Switchback, which is, again, spiritual successor to, uh, what's it called, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood? Yes. Yes, so it's basically it's all, all all your favorite cinematic horror tropes from uh, super massive games, except now it's like a more roller coasterified version. So you're you're on rails and uh, zapping things, I suppose. Uh, Demio, Desynchronia, Chronos alternate. Okay, words. Fantavision twenty twenty X, Gran Tur- Turismo seven, which is a free update to the PS five version of GT seven. That's that's going to be a huge a huge big one. Horizon Call of the Mountain. We know all about that one. That's a big one. Job Simulator, which I imagine is the sort of uh probably streamlined up to, up upres upzooted game of the year edition with all the extra bonus stuff but uh Jurassic World Aftermath Kayak VR Mirage Kazuna a- AI we talked about it's the yeah, Kazuna AI yeah Kazuna AI Touch the Beat The Last Clockwinder cuz air bending wasn't enough The Light Brigade which is uh shooter that's uh that purchases PSVR and PSVR2 regular version so it's cross buy uh moss 1 and 2 remaster people love moss i love the first one that was that was really cool
2: mm-hmm.
0: love that mouse uh nfl pro era no man's sky again s- that is a stunning use of, of vr but it, uh, you know it's how much you're willing to get into no man's sky uh pavlov vr it's just it's honestly it's just the guy ringing a bell and feeding you dog food uh pistol whip that one's that one's fun that's like the shooting version of beat saber basically Muzzling places, Resident Evil Village, which is the update to the PS5 version of Village, Res Infinite, Song in the Smoke, Star Wars: Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, which that is. Uh, I played a bit, a bit of the first one. It's it's cool. It's um, I don't know. It's nice. It feels like a very kid friendly Star Wars uh, VR adventure. Uh, it's it's cute. It was one of those weird things as the ILM X Lab collaboration, which I think they couldn't go out and call their things games because it was still underneath the um, the EA deal. So they'd be like, no, 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 no. They're, they're interactive experiences. And I was like, okay, well, why are you shooting a ray gun at alien men? Uh, Synth Riders, The Tale of Onogoro, Tentacular, Tetris Effect Connected, Thumper, The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, Chapter Two, Retribution. That's uh, Launch Window One, Vacation Simulator, which is from the makers of Job Simulator. When you get tired of Job Simulator, you can go take a vacation simulator. All in uh, VR. <laughs>
3: what,
0: what the Bat, which is the baseball version of What the Golf, which looks funny as hell. Uh, and then Zenith, The Last City. So again, that's that's a whole bunch of games. Some of these games, uh, you know, there's the sort of asterisk next to 30 new games where some of these games have been out for a while or some of these games we've played a bunch. But, you know, they're obviously going to uh, get little tweaks for the new headset. And I guess we'll have to wait and see, like, which of these things gets, uh, you know, actual actual notable upgrades or actual improvements. Yeah. I mean, I mean honestly, I think- it, it reminds me a lot of the Vita launch lineup which was like a lot of there were like a handful of sort of dedicated things and then there's a bunch of ports.
3: Yeah. So. I mean it, it, I mean it's a good, it's it's a fair way to introduce a new uh peripheral to play games on, so to speak. You know, like we can't expect to get 40 new AAA experience on day 1. It just doesn't
0: work. Yeah, that but we way. can be mad that we're not getting
3: that. We 100% can be. No, we should uh, not even though it's unrealistic. <laughs> we can always be we can always be angry. Except for me, yeah. I just, I have a really hard time getting angry. Sorry,
0: guys. I mean, it'd be, it'd be cool <laughs> as hell. It's, again, it's, it's hard to showcase VR. It would be really nice if Sony, instead of just doing just a blog post that lists a bunch of things or puts up a JPEG with a bunch of pictures of box art on it, if maybe we got, like, a little sort of demo, state of play type thing. Or, you know, if you don't even want to do it yourself, like, me, just send an email and be like, all right, developers, we're putting your game on our new hat. Make a video that shows how you do it. Make it look cool. You know, advertising. Yeah all right shifting gears we have done a lot of free advertising for uh HBO's the last of us because it is a uh, surprise a very good show and apparently uh some people listened to our hype and actually a lot of people did because it saw the highest episode one to two viewership jump in hbo history which is great uh, i i guess it was this word of mouth of like hey this is a video game adaptation but surprise it doesn't suck and a bunch of people uh jumped on board and checked it out and it goes this is the I guess the this the two-way street or something. Um because in the UK, boxed copies of The Last of Us Part One saw a 284% in sales week over week. So I you know that could be a complete coincidence, but I don't think it is. I think a lot of people played the watch the show and they were like, like I need One to play copy game. to three copies. Yeah. Hey, there it is. <laughs> yeah, they don't actually say that the specific sales numbers. And again, that is UK boxed copies, so that could very well be like a dozen copies, but I think it was in uh 20th place on the charts. And then the meanwhile, The Last of Us Remastered, the PS4 version saw a 322% spike, which is still pretty impressive. But it's yeah. cool that this show is either making us make making people go check out this game or um, you know, like revisit it if they've already played it. Uh I mean, I I jumped on this. I I I paid the 70 bucks for The Last of Us Part 1, which I kind of regret, but it is also gorgeous and it is nice to revisit that game. Uh but it also, it's also extremely weird jumping into it after Watching the show because there's that, it the show is so spot on that it does like, it gives you that like deja vu effect and you're like, all eh, right, I just I already did this. Can I skip this part? No, I can't. Okay, I'll just get through this. But um, yeah,
4: yeah, the game is also has a lot more of Joel killing a bunch of humans. Uh, I think he's only killed one non-infected person so far in the show, and so and then I, I think at this point in the game. Uh I think he's killed at least like 40 people.
0: It's- there's actually I think I don't want to spoil anything too much. I'll, so I'll just be I'll be vague about this, but in in uh in episode um 10 he just takes a truck and it's the entire episode is him just running people over. He just drives to, down the street, just keeps going. You oh, know, it's really? all the, there's not the even there's one him. camera angle. It's just over the the truck's shoulder and he's just okay. hitting nice, you know. No, I'm kidding. There's no episode. Yeah, I think I think gamer fans will be very uh, you know, happy about that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> just to make sure he gets his body count
0: up. They do this uh, this cool Easter egg that's like a throwback to Donut Drake, where Joel just eats like they find a donut factory and he just eats all the donuts and he he's the rest yeah. of the the rest of it. It's like a kind of nutty professor, you know, fat suit prosthetic, which they they didn't show that in any of the trailers. I, I you know, kind of weird that they would. They would oh, yeah, I wouldn't want that spoiled yeah. for me. Either. But it's a cool, it's a nice you know Easter egg to Uncharted. I think people are going to really res it's going to resonate with the nut. I'm- anyway, I'm sorry, I'll stop. Um, <laughs> that brings us to our next poll, though. Oh, keep uh, going, keep going. No, this was enjoyable. Why would you stop, man? Keep going. You were on a yeah.
1: roll.
4: Tell me, about the, a, tell me about the episode where they find a bandicoot.
0: There's actually, it's 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 in the truck episode. The, the closing okay. shot of the episode is he just he, the truck zooms into the distance and the camera pans down and there's a dead bandicoot on the road, and oh then there's gosh. a gust of wind, and a pair of jean shorts just like blows onto its oh. yeah, where it's, its legs would be and if it hadn't been so fruit. fruit
1: She takes a bite out of it and goes, yeah. Yep. All right. <laughs> I deserve that. Anyway, uh We
0: want to know what PlayStation game adaptation people are looking forward to the most because there are a bunch of them. There is the Gran Turismo movie, which is uh, directed by Neil Blomkamp of Chappie fame, which it's, um, I'm, this is such a, this is like a peanut butter and sand sandwich for me. Like if I actually like peanut butter a lot, which I don't, but Mm -hmm. I don't give it, I don't give a hoot about Gran Turismo, but I like Neil Blomkamp's movies, so I'm, mm,
1: I don't know. But it's, it's funny, no, have I've, I've spoken about this, uh, honestly, only like, it's funny, because I feel like people only know about this, this movie being in existence, but not too many people know, like the details of it. Um, mm-hmm. the, the movie is actually based on a true story. It's a, it's a guy who became a professional uh, race car uh, driver uh, through playing, uh, like, he, he got really good at playing Gran Turismo. And somehow he transferred those skills to uh, professional uh, race, race car driving, which is oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. So that's what the that's movie is about. Take on it Yeah, it's yeah. it's funny because they don't really advertise it that way. When you when you when you first see it, it's like, oh, okay, cool, Gran Turismo. It's there's no story in that game. So that's like the immediate thought that people have. But yeah, it's based
4: on a true story. yep, yep. smarter yep. than to jump on that story too. Yeah, to like make a
0: movie. That's like good this,
4: advertising for their game, right? Yeah. So
0: is this the first video game movie that's based on a true story? Uh, I think
4: so yeah like non-documentary a, i guess yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. anyway that's wow. that's weird that is um, weird. okay there's also the horizon netflix series which you know isn't going to be zero dawn or forbidden west it'll be curious to see what they call it but uh then there's the god of war amazon series which i'm after the last of us i'm cautiously optimistic because i know cory barlog is in an executive producer role there mm-hmm. and i don't know i mean cory's already shepherded kratos from you know the earlier games into like the 2018 version which for the most part people really love. So I'm I'm it'll be interesting to see if he can, you know, make that happen to another medium. There is That'll the Death really Stranding movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh Kojima's, is teaming up with the I think the production house that did Barbarian to do Death Stranding and the more I think about this, the more I think it could be phenomenal. Uh not maybe not like good, you know, good good, but like like weird weird sci-fi good. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean like he was he was hanging out at the, the A24 offices and I was like oh man if we get like a Kojima movie that's like annihilation or something that could be yeah. that could be weird. I watched uh what's it called under the skin which is just like a movie about um Scarlett Johansson like picking up dudes in a van yeah, and then remember that movie yeah. It's a weird movie, real weird movie and I feel like you could do I don't know it has nothing in common with Death Stranding but that same kind of just like ethereal dreamy you know, artsy-fartsy sci-fi approach to things like Death Stranding could definitely, you know, get something like that. And finally, I put this on here because I'm biased, but the Fallout HBO series, and technically Fallout is a Microsoft property now, but it was on PlayStation consoles before it was on Xboxes. So screw you. And its you can still play lots of Fallout games on the PlayStation. So it counts. It counts. It's a PlayStation game. There it is. So we're gonna put that poll up on, on IGN. People can go vote and uh, 10% will still say they pre-ordered a PSVR. It's weird, there's gonna be a write-in option there. See how it goes. (laughs) Dragon Ball Z Kakarot just got a a PS5 update. It's been having a little bit of DLC. So, you know, I just wanted to sort of wax um, Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot has had a steady trickle of DLC since its launch three years ago, and the most recent of which tells the story of Goku's dad, Bardock, which goes to show you that there are plenty more stories to tell in that universe. Now, we've talked about this a bit, but Kakarot is not perfect, but it is one of the best representations of Akira Toriyama's awesome, colorful world in interactive form. And all the pieces are there for a big, massive sequel that builds on established systems and mechanics and raises the stakes even higher, probably because of uh, successful business reasons, recounting the events of Dragon Ball Super and its you know, various new hair colors uh, and palette swapping and God powers and tournaments and all that. However, I am strongly of the opinion that the most potential for a follow-up to Kakarot lies in Goku's early years. We need a game that retells the original Dragon Ball. Now, something that makes Dragon Ball Z so appealing is also something that works against it, which is escalation. It is all about taking things to the next level. That's pretty much just the name of the game. Dragon Ball Z, compared to the first one, it tackles the afterlife, alien planets, time travel, androids, magicians, genies. Uh, planets get destroyed, characters get killed off, they get resurrected, they get killed again, and then they regularly undergo drastic transformations. In some cases, multiple characters get fused together to create new characters who then undergo transformations. It's just, it's a lot. That is kind of, it's again, DBZ is all about just bigger is better. But after a point, everyone gets so ridiculously overpowered and the stakes get so high that it kind of stops being impressive. And it's, it's the furthest thing from what you might call grounded. And at various points, the ground literally gets blown up and then characters are just floating in midair and fighting each other and yelling. So maybe, maybe just perchance, that level of just like over the top uh, grandiosity doesn't maybe lend itself to great gameplay. Even starting from the very beginning, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot kind of felt like you were jumping into somebody else's save file mid game and playing as an overpowered character who had a ton of abilities unlocked already. And in a sense, that's what it is. Like, you still have to level up and unlock new moves. But at the very start of Z, Goku is one of the strongest warriors on the planet. He can fly and he can shoot energy blasts without even thinking about it. And Kakarot's gameplay reflects that because it kind of has to. But, you know, in the anime, it took Goku three episodes to form a spirit bomb that he chucked at Frieza. But in the game, it's just like a two-button combo. You just hold, like, the bumper and press circle or whatever. Whatever. And it's just, it's, you know, I, I feel like maybe that should have more to it. Dragon Ball, meanwhile, starts from square one with good old-fashioned martial arts. And early on, Goku is right like primarily using his fists and his feet and his tail and his power polder in combat. And once in a while he does like a little Kamehameha wave as a last resort, but that's it's it's really more about like ground-based melee combat, which in a video game could make for a really solid beat-em-up. Maybe those ranged attacks could be like a special occasion, or that's like where you have side characters come in. Like maybe, I don't know, Oolong turns into a missile, or Bulma whips out an Uzi, which sounds stupid, but literally the first thing she does in Dragon Ball is tries to shoot Goku in the head with a gun. Now, one of the gripes about Kakarot was that it was an openish world that felt kind of empty, and that's kind of true, but it might not have felt quite as empty if people explored it at a different pace. See, with a push of a button, Goku just blasts off and he zooms halfway across the map, and it's, it's fun as hell, and it feels authentic to what happens in Dragon Ball Z, but it also makes so much of the world just blur past you. And in Dragon Ball, Goku spends a lot of his time on foot or riding around in a bunch of cool-looking vehicles, little, um, you know, dino-cap vehicles, a lot of which are actually already in Kakarot. They already, they already, you know, made little cars, little little hovercrafts and all that. Uh, Goku gets the flying Nimbus pretty early uh, in the show, in the anime, but um, it's often out of the picture. So I don't know if you're going to gamify this and, and remove the Nimbus. Make it, make it like Torrent in Elden Ring. It's like a magical ride that'll show up whenever you want, except sometimes it completely flakes on you and just and leaves you wandering around on foot. Another complaint about Kakarot was that these big epic showdowns against iconic villains uh, meant that you spent a lot of time fighting the same handful of enemies in between. You'd have like random encounters with Cybermen or pirate robots or Frieza's henchmen, and they would just jump you while you're flying flying through space. And none of these seem like they should actually pose a threat when you're like one of the strongest people on the planet, but you have to have something in between big story beats, and of course, because most of the travel is aerial, all the enemies that are jumping, you have to be able to fly as well, which kind of you know limits your options, uh, you know, canonically. Now, in Dragon Ball, Goku is constantly fighting like random goons and thugs and henchmen and just run-of-the-mill bad guys. Like he gets attacked by a you know a bear with an axe or like a rabbit-themed gang. Uh, Goku taking on the Red Ribbon Army is basically a video game already. He fights his way up a giant tower floor by floor beating up a bunch of regular dudes and then every once in a while he encounters like a boss type enemy every few levels. I think they actually make jokes about how it is video gamey, you know, within the source material. Something I loved about Kakarot is how much of its structure felt like the Yakuza games. It's like a mix of these epic story missions that move the plot forward, but you've got a lot of little silly side quests in between and, you know, fun activities to just pass the time like, you know, fishing or eating or whatever. Um Something that the Yakuza series has shown, like, several times over is that as long as there's new stuff to do in a game, nobody gets too mad if the map is getting reused a bit. And I would love to see the Kakarot team take that same approach. Now, given the, the massive global success of Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super, the whole power creep thing and the over-the-top stuff uh, is not really a deal-breaker for a lot of folks. And, and I guess a lot of people think that bigger is better, period. Kakarot was the third best-selling Dragon Ball Z game to date, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me too much if Bandai Namco took the whole if-it-ain't-broke-don't-fix-it approach, but we've gotten so many DBZ games, and it would be really nice to see the original get some love. Perhaps, I don't know, to, to commemorate a special, significant milestone, like, oh, maybe the 40th anniversary, which is next year? Please, it's not the craziest thing anyone's wished for, and with that, I, I, I've made my wish
2: yeah yes. Yes. that's a good wish i learned ID a lot Q. about
4: dragon ball z actually through that whole thing like, you know honestly, i didn't realize it was always it, it, it wasn't this crazy yoked up uh people flying and punching each other thing all the time
0: dragon ball like the original dragon ball is so mm-hmm. is so weird and so funny And like the, i mean the z is all about like it's all about like def- like defending the earth from like new threats but like Dragon Ball is more like Questy. Like they're always, they're kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, we gotta go find, we gotta go find some balls, and we gotta, uh oh, we gotta fight rabbits. If we we're wants you, we're gonna... go,
3: Master Roshi wants you to go pick up, pick up his medication or pick up something <laughs> for him. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's it funny because a lot like
1: more lighthearted, um, yeah, than, than Dragon Ball Z and Super. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a shame that they haven't revisited that that property in so long. Like even in like the latest movie, they they recapped it because you know the Red Ribbon Army was a was a, a big part of of uh, the last movie that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they recap the story of Dragon Ball and 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 Goku's uh, original uh, run in with uh, the Red Ribbon Army. But you know, it's like, it's it's not just like a footnote like that. Like that there was so much that happened in like that what in Dragon Ball back in the eight. I think it's because it's so old. maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it's pushing it's pushing forties. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's, like, it's
0: kind of it's wild though because like
1: if you if you
0: read the manga straight through, like every sort of volume has like a little. And like an editor's note from, from Toriyama. Like he basically just wrote like a little kind of column being like, here's what's going on in my life. And it goes from him being like, oh, this is cool, I'm making this, this fun story. People seem to really like it. And he gets into Dragon Ball Z and he's just like, well, my health is failing me and I have to sit here and draw these people screaming at each other. He's like, the family dog died, but I got to finish this volume. I mean, it's just like, it gets like sad. And by the end, it's like, <laughs> this dude's like tired. Um, Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a big fan of Dragon Ball. It's It's also like, yeah, like, to your point, Akeem, like, the Red Ribbon Army is, like, one of the few sort of continuous through lines. It's, like, it's kind of it's kind of them and, and Piccolo as far as, like, you know, villains that sort of play a significant role from the very beginning.
1: Um, yeah, anyway,
0: there we go. I got to talk about Dragon Ball.
1: Yeah, and I think that, that's the down, I, I feel like that's the downside of, of I, not to continue the, the conversation, but, you know, I mean, hey, you know I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z fan and Super and Ball fan. Uh, before they added letters, <laughs> the band. not ball. I'm a major fan, you know ball I mean? lover. If you ask you're me, a it's just, you're a big ball yeah. fan. Love <laughs> yeah, the ball, B-ball. Uh, but big no. Ball. I mean, this is the thing. Like with, with uh, the Dragon Ball Super universe, now they they keep with the manga. They have to keep creating new and bigger threats, as opposed to reaching into the past and seeing what what iconic uh, villains do we have from the past. I mean, they did that with Frieza. Frieza came back and he became black. They made you know Frieza black, which is dope course uh <laughs> black is just the name he's not you know not an african-american um, he's still in he's still an alien um uh, from another planet but uh the, the, they i think what they what, what they they keep i think the problem is they keep having to reinvent. they have to keep reinventing a new threat for uh for, for the z fighters so they're creating new uh villains again just look look to the past mm-hmm. like you you all created a, a you know so many cool uh villains that you can just dip into and just bring them back um As opposed to just having to, you know, just concoct a new one.
0: We're at a point where, like, we've seen, like, we've seen beloved properties get proper, like, adaptations in game form. Like, look at, look at Spider Man. Like, it's look at Arkham Knight. Like, we or Arkham, you know, the Arkham games. It, and it's there was a long time where, like, a licensed game was just a cash in, and sometimes those were okay because I guess back in the day it was like cheaper to make games, and now it's kind of like if you're going to try to do this, like, I don't know, maybe maybe spend the extra year or two on it, and make it like a proper. Proper entry, and it seems like Bandai Namco is kind of going that direction. Uh, you know, like Dragon Ball Fighters was huge; like that was a legit fighting game for a minute. And then I think they like, uh, they like buffed Android Twenty One or something. They made her like she put on a lab coat and became invincible yeah. or something. Yep, lab coat
3: Twenty One. Why did yeah, they do she... that?
0: Does <laughs> it doesn't make any sense?
3: <laughs> it was mostly just she had one attack move that could basically, if you hit your opponent with it, permanently reduce their stats for that match. And so she could, and she basically could debuff the enemy mm. team for the whole fight. And so like, she ended up getting like banned from tournaments and stuff. I mean,
0: was that was, that kind of, of, that game kind of ate like Marvel versus Capcom's lunch for a second. Oh, it did. Yeah. Cause or it was it? rightfully so. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a gorgeous game. It was really cool to see them actually do that. And it's, I don't know, Kakarot was like, so, it got so much right. Like it did so much stuff. There was a step in the right direction. And I think a lot of the. Like I said, a lot of the stuff wrong with it is like an issue with Dragon Ball Z in itself. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, and we just got One Piece Odyssey. I don't know how that's how that's faring with uh, with people. Is that is that out yet?
3: It's out. Yeah, that dropped yeah. Uh, I think a week or two ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been reviewing moderately well. And from what I've heard from fans, it's it's a solid love letter to the franchise. So, and it does nice. spoil some big moments apparently. Um, if you're not all caught up with the manga slash anime.
0: So. Well, the, the freaking creator isn't caught up with that either. He, he should probably get around <laughs> finishing that. But Josh, do you have a game for us to play? Yeah, it's a, it's a
4: nice little short game. We'll bring, we're bringing back PlayStation Mod Libs, uh, which is a play on Mad Libs, uh, where I'm just going to present a game summary that certain words uh, you're going to have to replace, and then we're going to read the whole thing in context and see if you can guess the game. All right. Uh Max, can I get a noun? Silly noun. Goku. Goku. Uh Jada, can I get the name of a city? Any city.
2: Cincinnati.
4: Cincinnati. And then Akim, can I get a verb, please?
1: Uh happily. No, that's a, I
4: think that's an adverb. Can I get a, just a normal verb? Like a verb that ends with an s.
1: Uh, ends it with an s? Yeah. Uh, let's go with, um, uh, I'm terrible at this
2: game. I think too much. Uh, 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 How about thinks? You're thinking? Uh, thinks? Thanks, let's go with that. Let's go thinks. Yeah. Uh, Max, can I get a plural noun? Um, Omaha's finest hot
4: dogs. Omaha's finest hot dogs. Uh, Jada, can I get an,
2: an adjective, please? Scratchy. Uh, Akeem, can I get an adjective?
1: Um, Let's go with... Oh, I said this. Happily, let's go with that one. Okay. I think I said that. Yeah. Not, or, yeah. I'll go
4: happy. I'll go happy. Okay. Uh, Max, can I get a, a body part? beg your pardon Uh, (laughs) epidermis epidermis uh jada can i get a noun please a rabbit rabbit uh akeem can i get
2: a
1: household object uh let's go with a uh a rag a rag uh
2: max a verb please uh trampoline oh i guess i can Mm -hmm. work as a verb yeah uh and then jada an adjective um horrifying horrifying
4: oh there's a lot of blanks on this i'm sorry guys this is going on okay one one last household object please a lamp lamp okay I'm just going to run the rest of these uh, by myself, and then we'll see if you can guess it anyway. Oh. Uh, it's a, this is a game about a scratchy traveler, and a horrifying town, and a deadly rabbit that trampolines everything it touches. Face, <laughs> face your Omaha's finest hot dogs <laughs> as you enter the smelly city of Cincinnati. A happy place, <laughs> ravaged <laughs> ravaged by a fat, all consuming Goku. Scour its <laughs> darkest computers and fight for your life with rags and lamps and discover cameras that will make your feet run cold, but just might save your epidermis. Ooh. Is Ooh. it Resident Evil Village? No, that is close. I would say it's like you are in the, the realm
1: of it. No, that's totally Silent Hill, baby. It's not Silent hill I know <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: uh, Same
2: realm
4: uh da, 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 da. I'm saying realm as just like a i'm not that's not a hint realm it's a until, video it's
0: like, a video game We're until, right dawn. Track.
4: Game. until yeah. dawn
0: no it is not until dawn it's a town that has a thing in it uh-huh. it isn't it's not Goku, but it could be
4: it's not Goku maybe the real thing is an illness.
2: Oh, um, uh, an all consuming illness. There's an maybe, illness in this city. Maybe fight for your life with blades and guns instead of rags and lamps. Blades and guns?
1: Oh, uh, I, I don't know. Devil May Cry?
2: And
4: discover, uh, uh, What what else we got here? Discover secrets that will make your blood run cold. Is it
0: bloodborne? It is
4: bloodborne. (laughs) Bloodborne (laughs) it is.
0: Congrats, man! If they put that on PC, maybe we could get a fat all-consuming Goku mod in there. (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) I'd love to. He does. He does do that. He he goes like he dies and he eats a bunch of clouds. He eats everything. He just you Mm -hmm. know,
3: yeah. I mean, he technically is all consuming. He just works out enough and trains enough to where he doesn't become fat
0: yeah yeah
3: (laughs) for at least long periods of time i think there are short moments where he does expand
0: that's true well we did it we sure did that uh (laughs) did you all are you all up to date on the last of us episode two Mm -hmm.
1: yes yes shall
0: we shall we discuss amongst ourselves yes yeah yeah for sure spoiler alert okay spoiler alert if you haven't watched the last of us episode two get on that bandwagon go check it out it's on the uh hbo and uh yes that's anyway we did it spoiler has been alerted thanks if you don't watch the show thanks for listening and watching and uh, we'll see you next time anyway let's talk about that that show what did you think of the kiss yucky
4: yucky yucky kiss
1: yeah that, that that kiss kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, well, how, are you falling in love with this, this, this thing? What's <clears throat> going on here? I didn't know what was going on in that particular scene. It was uh, really weird. I would say, yeah, for those who don't know what we're
4: talking about, near the end of the episode, Tess is about to light the whole place ablaze, and one infected notices her and she freezes, doesn't do anything. Uh, and the infected calmly walks up to her and using his infected Riz, i guess uh just <laughs> puts his mouth tendrils inside her mouth
0: so that was that reminded me so much of alien 3 like there's a part we're mm-hmm. going to spoil alien 3 now too but there's a part where um basically you know ripley has an alien egg inside her and the alien shows up and he like sticks his tongue out and goes ah, and he's like <laughs> you're like oh is it gonna eat her and then he just I, actually i don't even know what the alien does he like kills people or puts eggs in or whatever anyway he comes up and he's like and then he just like leaves and it's like oh he realized that there's an alien in her and i wasn't sure if like the last of us was going to do that too but yeah it was like oh you you have the cordyceps in you i you yeah. the job's already done my work is easy my work is done here but instead it was like let's put more cordyceps in you and go Ehh. yeah that was i don't know i think people are going to be are people mad know. about it, that what's the takeaway on that
3: i don't know i think it had a little bit of you know you know, Shrek and Fiona kissing kind of vibe go into it. Little little bit of magic. Yeah. Maybe just, just, you know, not the the, the happiest of so magic. Wait, is that but... is that
4: good or bad? A Shrek and Fiona magic, is that good? That's always good. Are you okay. kidding me? So yeah, you that's think always think it, good. So the the, the test and the infected kiss was good.
1: Well, I mean yes. it, it it made okay. me realize no matter how infected someone is, if if you if you feel lonely, you're gonna want companionship and you're gonna you're gonna and do you're whatever it takes. To, to get that, like everyone's going and running after Ellie and and Joel, it's like you know what I want companionship. Test this woman is just here. I don't let me let me. I can't talk because I have these weird things in my mouth. So he shot me. a shot,
0: and she and she you know reciprocated. <laughs> I, I really don't like that the way you're describing. it So I think calling it a kiss is a very like uh human way of looking at it. But if yes. you're looking at it from a fungal perspective, mm-hmm. it's it it's wh- where like where are you going to grow? fungus is like a a damp, dark place, right? And yeah, you know, your mouth is a pretty good way to get to that. It's just Mm -hmm. like, it's like, here's a, you know, here's a front and center mucus membrane, just shove some spores and tendrils in there. And people are mad that there was like another
1: host here that was another someone that just got recently infected and it's like you know Mm -hmm. i want i want a new new host essentially that's why i kind of like welcome to the party
0: this is our onboarding (laughs) 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 procedure. i know some people didn't enjoy well they didn't
4: they didn't they felt it was inconsistent with tess's character up until this point like for the most part tess is like pretty clear-headed knows what she's doing like even at the very end like she's facing her death and she's like this is what I'm gonna do. You're Mm -hmm. like, okay, Mm -hmm. she's serious. And then all of a sudden she's like, doesn't know what to do when she's confronted by this this infected.
0: Well, she holds perfectly still, which is kind of like akin to what was happening earlier. Like she plays, you know, she plays it cool. And I think the fact that this runner, like, didn't just run straight at her was like enough to kind of put her off guard be like, wait, they do, they don't, sometimes they don't just want to maul you, they want to do a smooch. Maybe that's, you know.
1: And also, I think, it, I think she, I think she didn't want to alert the other, um, infected. Because if she like tried to like run or do something, like you know, who knows? Like other infected might have just like, you know, just yeah. they might have just like beelined it towards her. So I think she wanted to go through with like lighting this damn place on on fire.
3: There's also a potential that maybe that the, uh, the fungi inside of her might have already started to kind of take control, um, mm-hmm. on a certain level and kind of barred her from being able to move. You could see that sure. she was struggling to light that lighter.
0: Um, yeah. She's like, so, she's like starting to black out there. Like you kind of, yeah. yeah.
3: And so it, I'm guessing that that's, it's more of that is that the, the cordyceps had, you know, started to take control of her motor functions um, to where she wasn't able to. Cause they talked about that at the beginning of episode one, about how it doesn't like it seeks to control you. Um, and, you know, it lives off of you. So that could be part of what it was
4: yeah and well the creators actually have commented on it and they said like basically the they wanted to open this idea that maybe these infected aren't inherently violent um they're like what is their nature what are they trying to achieve and the main thing that they're trying to achieve is just spreading these spores trying to spread Mm -hmm. the fungus right and so you see this Infected doing it in a more gentle, peaceful way. And they're kind of saying, well, may- like, maybe this is just their inherent nature. Like, maybe they're only violent because the people they're trying to infect are like resisting. Um, which is a very interesting take on it. I don't know if they're gonna do more of that in the show, but yeah, we don't really see much other characterization of Infected in the game.
2: Mm-hmm. The what, game was
4: the, is- yeah. what was the cold open
0: for this one?
2: Uh, we'll
4: this one starts with the doctor. Okay, Ayarda.
0: that was that was like the scariest part of this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. And
4: I that was, was yeah. So frightened. uh I was watching the show with my fiance, who is from Indonesia, and she was really surprised to see this actress in there. She's like, "Oh my gosh, this is a like really highly respected actress in Indonesia. It's like I don't know, their equivalent of Meryl Streep or something." i thought that was really cool that they went like that authentic with it then just like cast some person who happened to speak uh indonesian uh in the us but like went out and found someone who was really reputable um but that was yeah it's terrifying scene uh i loved it i love seeing the context of like how seriously they took this disease
0: Mm -hmm. well we, we interviewed we interviewed um i don't think the interview's out yet but no I, we talked to some of the the creators and craig Mazin mentioned how like i think he just does he doesn't like zombie stuff like he doesn't he he didn't want to fall into the tropes of like oh it's horror for the sake of horror like he wanted to add like a layer of science to it and it's i don't know i love that they like the fact that like all right where where does where do cordyceps fungus come from and it's like they you know they're found in southeast asia and it's like where what what makes fungus You know flourish and it's like well like a sugar and flour factory would you know that's a like that's a a believable place that fungus would you know start proliferating And it was kind of i don't know that felt very like that felt like Chernobyl. like that whole that whole opening sequence was so you don't you know you don't see anything scary happening i mean for i guess for a second you do but like it's it was all just about atmosphere it was all just like the, the that chilling like oh here's the scariest fact like here's this this thing is happening this thing is happening and just you know, at the end of the day, like, uh, the, nature's just being nature. It's just humans screwing up <laughs> that really makes things happen. Yeah.
4: It's, uh, I think in the games, they never really hint that it's where, where exactly it's from. They just said infected crops. Um, and then out of episode one, you know, all those theories came out about, oh, it's from flower it must be from infected flour because there's all these moments in the in the first episode where Joel and Ellie almost consume gluten um don't get pancakes can't eat the pancakes uh they're offered biscuits don't eat biscuits don't eat the oatmeal cookies. raisin cookies because why mm-hmm. would you eat oatmeal raisin cookies uh and so there's a the theory i just want to say we posted about that on social about it tiktok and instagram and a lot of comments were like, oh, this is a reach. Oh, you guys are reaching with this theory. <laughs> and then this, this episode comes out and it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's in Jakarta where it's the largest flour mill in the world uh, where flour is probably infected. And there's actually real world precedents for this as well. Uh, there was like infected rye that uh, was actually infected with fungus and made a bunch of people sick. So
0: this stuff is real there it is
4: very very calming to me
0: i i love when there's something that seems completely outlandish or like it seems like a reach in a movie or whatever and then it turns out that's like completely rooted in something factual Mm -hmm. yeah i remember um there was somebody we worked with came back from they saw Chappie directed by neil blomkamp of gran turismo fame and they were like that movie was so stupid there's a part where they like hook a bunch of ps4s together and use it to hack stuff and i was like is that stupid? Because NASA did it. NASA did it with PS3. Mm-hmm. They use it to do supercells or whatever. And it's like, yep, that, that does sound made up. That does seem like a bad product placement gimmick for a for a sci-fi movie. And like, I don't know, being like, oh, it's it's in the cookies. Don't eat the cookies. But it's like, yeah, you can, I don't know. Fungus. <laughs> like, yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 novel. I, I it makes me I remember thinking like when The Last of Us first came out, like they put out that like teaser video with like the ants eating each other or whatever, the with the cordyceps and I think like, like the only people who knew what cordyceps were then were like people who were into like health food, I think, because you can just, you can just buy cordyceps to take as a supplement. I I believe like they're just, if you Google it, there's like, they're, they're out there go nuts. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, it just seemed like a kind of placeholder for zombie stuff. And I feel like the show is really kind of ex, ex, expanding on that and doing a, you know, you know, clever, cleverly growing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like, you know, I, I hate to to compare this to The Walking Dead, but I mean like it's it's the it's the natural uh, comparison. It's going to continue to get uh like I, I love how they're actually explaining um where where this infection uh is rooted from as opposed to it's just it's happening and there are just infected people in this world. Like that's never explained uh in The Walking Dead. There's super duper subtle, subtle, like, you know, subtle clues that you can that fans have tried to piece together, but there's, there's nothing that, that, that tells you like, this is what it's from. Um, and now that that show's over, we still, don't, we still don't have a clue as to what caused uh, the world to go the way that, to turn the way that it did. And I love that, you know, with um, The Last of Us, we're, we're, we're seeing glimpses of the past uh, to know where we are today in, in the show. Uh, we, we don't get that uh, at all in, in The Walking Dead, and that show has been on for 11 seasons. And you know, there's still no explanation. Um, I think, honestly, that's just because Robert Kirkman doesn't have an explanation. I think he just, yeah, you know, just like, hey, I just want want to make a zombie. Uh,
0: well, in the, in series. most cases, it's like it makes it less scary. You know, I think when you when you mm-hmm. understand something, it becomes less frightening. In this case, I think it makes it way more frightening. Like the whole the whole cold open in the first yeah. episode, where they're like, "What do you think is going to kill us? A virus?" And he's like, "No, I think fungus is going to totally mess us up." Oh, mushrooms, pretty scary. And he's like, yeah. "No, here's why." And everyone's like, "Oh, <laughs> oh."
1: <Uh-oh." laughs> that sounds real yeah exactly yeah. yeah
4: and then in the second episode like seeing how it they first discover it as well and like the doctor immediately knows this is like super bad news just like bomb the city we
0: yeah. gotta bomb it i'm
1: just yeah like, dude
0: yeah it's crazy man loved it yeah i mean if that was you know if that was like a military general like we're gonna bomb all you're like all right that's pretty pretty on brand but for this like you know, this, this exactly. doctor who was on her like lunch break to be like, no, we got to, we, there's no way, there's no other way we're going to deal with this. Like just yep, <laughs> wipe them yeah, out. Yeah. It's an interesting like, like
4: role reversal. Usually it's the other way around. Right. You see that mm-hmm. like the generals are like, let's bomb the city. The science is like, no, you can't,
3: we can, yeah. we can, we can come up with a solution. We can figure out what makes it tick and develop an antidote. And it's like, no, there's, there's no yeah. antidote no. for this. Oh, yeah.
0: There is no antidote too. Oh, oh, okay. Have you all like, watched Chernobyl? I, I have, have not. not yeah oh okay well if you're looking for if you're yeah. looking for that vibe after the last of us it is it is <laughs> phenomenal i don't yeah, know if that's if one of those really yeah, good things it's it's just i don't know how to describe it exactly it's got it it has it manages to be like history but it's horror and there's nothing in it that's like overtly like here's horror like here's a but it, it, it'll just like it'll completely put you on edge like it'll make your skin crawl it's and it's you know not not overtly you know graphic or disgusting. There's definitely some some you know gruesome imagery here and there, but it's like it's mostly just how it describes things and how it contextualizes stuff that makes it really impressive. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm dying to talk about next week's episode. Um yeah. Might I might have yes. a little might have a little feature up about that between now and then. Um but nice. on that note, we gotta wrap things up. Uh thank you all so much for joining me. Um for those those of, of you listening at home, go vote on what the PlayStation game the, the, the we want to see in the video or show or whatever but uh on that note beyond 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 beyond, beyond.